0: Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We
1: were on The Break!
0: With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton.
2: It is Tuesday, July 30th, 2019, season 15, episode number 16. Welcome to another edition Of the break, We are live from Oxnard, California, and we've got some really, really great conversation for you guys today. Hope you guys are ready. We've got a lot to talk about with Ezekiel Elliott and uh, Cowboys signing of a running back yesterday, and maybe there's a message in that. Maybe there's not. Uh, We're going to get into some camp observations from yesterday. Yesterday was the first day the Cowboys were in pads. Lots of things to notice. I'll take the opinions of these guys and and what they saw uh, and let you guys uh, hear a little bit about what happened at practice. And if we have a little bit of time, I want to dive a little bit into the tight end position. Jason Witten coming back this season. Uh, Guys like Blake Jarwin, who've now had a little bit of experience and where they fit with Jason Witten now in the tight end room. I'd like to talk a little bit about that. I think there's some interesting conversations there. How's everybody feeling this morning? Lovely. Really, really good. Good. There is a practice that will be starting up here at 1045 this morning out here in Oxnard. So we'll be ending the show a little bit early. uh, But let's just jump right into it.
3: Also there's there's a guy sandblasting over there there's nothing we can do about it we're sorry hopefully he'll stop I apologize. We all apologize on behalf of the sandblaster.
2: Yeah, if we get, <laughs> too I just far, know. I
3: know we're gonna. I know we're gonna get comments about it. It's not like we're doing it on
2: purpose. If we get too far into this camp and he's still doing that, I'm gonna send you over there to have a conversation with him. The muscle, because yeah. I'm the muscle. Yes. the shortest guy at camp our, is the you're muscle. You're our guy. We send to handle yeah. those kinds of things. He'll just speak
4: to you in Spanish. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm, I'm waiting for a comment because
5: Nick <laughs> has that
2: little giggle like he well, has something.
5: I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to say you might want to take Amber, but if she's going to say it, that's fine. <laughs> okay, cool. I mean... Okay. Here we go. Let's do a little... <laughs> what uh, it, is. it is. what it is. Let's okay.
2: do a little blanket coverage here to start the show. I got a couple uh, sentences for you guys, a couple statements that will be a blank that you guys will fill in. Let's start first with this statement. Zeke's decision to train in Cabo is blank. Dave.
3: I... Uh, I don't even have a reaction to it he he's he is at a gym that his agent owns he's been there before he trained there during his suspension maybe it's a bad look because Cabo's a vacation destination I I, because of what happened in
2: Dallas many years ago but go ahead uh,
3: when Ezekiel Elliott was eight I mean so what uh I don't care I, I know Ezekiel Elliott you know he, he comes with his baggage. He's had some issues off the field, but in terms of, like, playing running back, he's a professional. Whether he's here next week or a month from now, he'll be ready. I don't care.
2: Amber.
4: I mean, I think he he's mature. He's mature enough to where I wouldn't expect him to make a dumb decision, especially at the, in the spot he's in right now. You know, looking for a contract, I would not think he would make that mistake. Yes, he has in the past. You can laugh about it, but if you're, if right now what you're trying to do is get your money and your deal, you wouldn't do something like that. And like Dave said, he's been there before, and he trained over there. You know, players like training on the sand, and somehow that does something for your feet or something. Oh, it helps your calves immensely. Well, there it's you sweat. go. It's one-time
3: calf workout. Huh? So it's a good
4: workout. Oh,
5: yeah. Okay.
2: Well, no, probably not your calf but <laughs>
3: <all right. laughs> Zeke's decision to
5: train
2: in Cabo, Nick, is um
5: interesting. Okay, um, you know, I, I just I'm not going to go there with you on on. He's matured, and he's not going to have a bad look because he's already had bad looks. Have he had a bad look this offseason? And, and we argued on that. Like, was that really matter? But it still was a bad look. It was a bad look to to be in Vegas for you know maybe seven or eight hours before you're going to have your own camp in Dallas. And then also to be, you know, um, you know, stopped by the police is not good either. But I just think that it's just interesting. He's going to go do that, but if, if training is a part of it, that's fine. You know, long as training is is in that because because you're right, he's going to come back, and when he comes back, he's got to be ready. And then we'll see if he's if it's doing more training or more partying. So, know? with all
2: that being said, my opinion—I'm speaking for each of you—my opinion on how long this holdout will last. Blank. Amber,
4: wow! I mean, after seeing that he he goes to Cabo, the Cowboys sign Alfred Morris. Clearly, they're getting ready and preparing themselves in case this goes past the first week of the regular season. So, it doesn't. What it looks so far, as of right now, to me, it doesn't seem like this is going to happen before the season starts.
5: Nick, Um, I think. They are covering all bases here. I, I still think they're going to try to get this thing done before the season, but um, I it wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if it goes into September. I will be surprised if he misses the first game, but I won't. I don't think it'll. I think it'll go that far. But we'll talk about the Morris thing. I, I don't. I think they're just kind of covering themselves.
3: Dave, yeah, my opinion hasn't changed. I uh, I hope they're smarter than to think they're covering themselves by signing Alfred Morris. I mean, if that's you know, they're like, well, he might miss games. We got to get Alfred Morris. Good luck with that. No offense, Alfred. I'm sorry, but um, by the way, we all love, I'll, I love him to death. Yeah. But I don't think it's a great way to protect yourself against not having Ezekiel Elliott. And that's kind of my point: is he does have leverage because they there isn't something they can do short of trading another first round pick. There's not a whole lot they can do to ensure themselves against not having him at this point in the year. Um, so. Yeah, I think it's more Here's, base covering than getting ready for some sort of standoff. I, you know, Maybe it does go into September, but I, I still don't think he misses games.
4: Here's what makes me think otherwise. The Cowboys tend to be a little patient in a way. They tend to play their cards at their own time. To me, this happened pretty soon, especially after Jerry Jones talked about giving these new younger guys the opportunity of, you know training out here and seeing them develop it happened rather too quickly i know alfred ha- had visited another team and all that but i don't know it just it doesn't seem we'll see what happens one
2: thing to note on that <laughs> I don't, and dave I don't feel you just comfortable. dave <laughs> dave you just tweeted about this right before we went on the air will mcclay was uh, was uh, on one with one of the local radio stations and talked about some of the rationale as to why they went out and got Alfred Morse. Talk a little bit about that, because maybe that answers a little bit of what Amber is, is uh, alluding to there.
3: Well, it's really fun. I mean, you know, we'll talk for 15 minutes with our friends on 105.3 The Fan, and it's, it started off, you know, talk about the Morse move while well, we're creating competition. doesn't mean we don't like our young guys. We've barely even practiced, but this is a guy who knows how to do it. We're always about fostering competition. You know, hopefully these young guys understand that. They should understand that they're in the NFL. Uh, and they just kept asking him questions. And I, it, one of the guys was like, sort of trying to hint about, like, well, is this a shot at Zeke? Blah, 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 or are you trying to put him on notice? And finally, Will sounded kind of exasperated. He was like, most teams have six backs in camp right now. We don't. We needed a sixth back. Alfred is our sixth back. And there's no guarantees beyond that. We know what he can do. We like him. But basically, there's no guarantee he, may, he even makes the roster. Um, and so. We had an hour to kill before the show, so I went and looked, and he's right. There, was, there were only five teams that didn't. Now there's four because the Cowboys have six now. Most teams have seven or eight. So, you know, it seems like there's not enough reps to go around, but they'll they'll find a way to and, make it work.
5: And, uh, you know, you can argue that and say, well, why don't you just get a young guy? They've got plenty of those. they got plenty of young players that have never taken a snap in the NFL. Um, in fact, of, of, the, of the four backs – that I can think of right now, the two rookies, Jordan Chun and Darius Jackson, they have a combined uh, six carries. In all the of them are Darius, and all Darius,
3: all in the last regular season game of last year. Right, right. So, so not a lot to work with in terms of NFL experience. Yeah,
5: you know, and and I know that that Jerry, you know, came out and said something on uh, I guess it was Channel Eleven and said we don't, you know, you don't need a running, you don't need a, a rushing champion. To win a Super Bowl, I thought that was really interesting because he Sounds does. upset. What do you mean? He's never won a Super Bowl without the rushing champion.
2: That was also a long, long time ago, I, and a I, lot about the NFL's right, changed. Right, right. So but was before free but agency. for
5: Jerry Jones <laughs> to say, you don't need one, he's never won a Super Bowl without one. Right. But and he's, and I think. I look. understand the point. It's happened four times. Three of them are Emmett Smith for yeah. him. So um, the way this team is structured, and it's structured kind of similar to that. So I, it, it's he's right, but it, it's just that he's never experienced it either. So uh,
3: the last three times this team has experienced playoff success, it had the rushing champion as well, whether that was Ezekiel Elliott or Demarco Murray. Yeah. So
2: I think the thing is, you you can you can kind of look at this and say, well, they they took that approach with wide receivers last year and it didn't work out. You need a number one, and if you want to start thinking about that with running back, you might find yourself in the exact same situation. Although today's NFL he, he does have a legitimate point from the standpoint in today's NFL there are a lot of really good teams that do very very good things without having the best running back in the league now that means you probably need to have one of the better quarterbacks in the league or and or one of the best coaches in the league and and so do you have those things that becomes the question if you don't have that that kind of runner that really puts you over the top offensively
3: yeah will actually had a great answer to that too he was like he was like Jerry Jerry said something that's true like right. you clearly don't need one because so many teams have done it without him. Um, but you know, and then he followed that up by saying, like, we're interested in having the best players, like we want the top talent, regardless of position, like of course we value Zeke, all that good stuff. And that's I've I think I've said this already, even since we started the shows back in Oxnard is like you don't need a running back of Zeke's caliber. But this team, the way it's constructed, and especially at this point in the year. Like I said, like there, there aren't other avenues. You can't draft one. Free agency is long gone. Uh, it's it's past time to try to find a real contingency plan. You
2: are tied to this guy if you want to have the type of season you you want to have, in so, my opinion. So let's talk a little bit about Alfred Morris and that signing. Um, one of the things I thought was kind of curious in this whole thing was his decision to come to the Cowboys. I think it's a good move for the Cowboys because you improve competition regardless of what you think of the other backs here. You brought in a back that has experience that can challenge the guys that are here, teach them a little bit along the way. I think that's a good move for the Cowboys. But if you look at it from Alfred Morris's point of view, uh, he was going to have a tryout or or he did have a tryout with uh, the Saints, and then he made the decision to come here. My big question is do you think he can make this team? Let's assume Zeke comes back. At whatever point Zeke comes back, can he even make this team when you think about the other guys that are here?
5: He can. I think he can make this team. Uh, He's got to be better. Um, appreciably better than Mike Weber and Darius Jackson. He's got to be way better than them. Because, and then if, if Tony Pollard proves to be uh, a better inside runner, then it's going to be hard for him. But if he's kind of a, a, a guy that can play on the outside and does different things, and if anything were to happen to Zeke, they don't really have a good backup, then that's where Morris will, will play into this. But if if Weber shows some flashes and if Jackson shows some flashes, it's going to be kind of tough uh, on him. But you know, be better than, than two guys that have a combined six carries. I, it's possible.
4: Yeah.
3: I mean, he's he's 30 years old, but he's he's been to two Pro Bowls. He's done this before. He knows the scheme here. He knows everybody here. Actually, I didn't know this. I read it on Twitter last night. Um, his family stayed in Dallas when he went yeah. to San Francisco. It seems like everybody does something about Dallas. I don't know if it's. The no, I mean it's a great place to live. Don't get me wrong. Income Maybe tax. no state income tax. I think tax. it's Texas
2: because same thing happens in Houston. There are a lot of former
3: athletes yeah. that,
2: that live in the Houston area. I so think it's the state income tax.
3: It's home for him at least for the time being. Um, but yeah, I mean I I keep saying this. Pollard's the only one besides Zeke that they've invested anything in. You know I thought. You know, Weber was drafted, and that's exciting, but so is Bo Scarborough, you know? so. But
2: the question is, you would think for younger guys, you get something on special teams. Zeke, I mean, um, Alfred Morris is not going to be a special teams player. Yeah, but
3: and, and Nick's right. He has to be appreciably better, right. but if, if you are appreciably more confident that he will give you more juice, then you'll find a way to make that work, whether, you know, and linebackers or whatever. You
5: know, maybe he's an inactive guy, you know, during the season. He doesn't play a lot on game day, but if something were to happen. That's
3: what he was last time he yeah. was here.
5: Um, you know, and I think it's it's worth pointing out um, that before the draft, you know, Jerry Jones was had kind of made some comments about, you know, the direction of where they might go. It wasn't public, but he kind of had said, you know, we're going to look at the draft, but Alfred Morris was on the radar back then. This isn't just a, oh, you're going to Cabo? Watch this, Uh, (laughs) uh, Morris. Morris has been a guy they've been looking at, but they drafted two running backs, so they said, all right, we're going to go here. But he's been been on the radar for a long time. That is
3: a really good point that I forgot about because they drafted two backs. But way back in April, Jerry was like, you know, free agency will be there for us when the draft's over if we need it. And maybe Alfred Morris going on all these visits, maybe they felt like they couldn't wait around. And that's why they did it so quickly. It's not That was the
5: timing, right? Right. It's like, hey, if
3: we want him on the roster, maybe we need to do something before the Saints or somebody else gets trigger happy, maybe.
5: We still don't answer your question, though. Why for Morris? We don't know that. Yeah, and and, and not that we would until we talked to him. But but I
2: do think, I mean, there were some good points there. Obviously, his family already being in Dallas, that makes a difference. Um, Him feeling like he already knows the system makes a difference. At his age, my presumption would be, Thinking about this offensive line, he may be like, hey, there's if there's any place I feel like I can do damage, uh, here it's here. You look at his his average per carry. Uh, two years ago when he was with Dallas, it was a, a full point higher, a full yard higher than what it, what it was in San Francisco last season. So there's a difference that's made by the offensive line and the offense that you're that you're running in. So all those things matter. I just think that it, it's kind of tough when you start figuring out how he makes this team. If Zeke is back, I have a hard time figuring out how he makes the team. And just, well, I don't, just because, I mean, like, you know, Darius Jackson,
3: Mike Weber, they're great guys, but not by any means, you know, he didn't invest anything in them. They're a seventh-round pick and a sixth-round pick from four years ago, if if it's even closer, if Morris is even a little bit better, I don't think that's a hard call at all.
4: I'm going to Ar- get pissed if he gets cut.
2: Who, Alfred?
3: Alfred? Yeah.
4: I mean mm-hmm. i mean you it, look like you already yeah, pissed that about that. <laughs> yes well that sucks why did um, you get pissed because that that sucks Peru. he's such a nice guy he comes in here and then let's say I mean, okay welcome w- to
3: the nfl right. man. come on Well, Business we, we still need
4: to talk about what happens contract wise if he's here in place week one let's say uh seek is not back yet what happens with his contract he comes back week two He gets a big deal, whatever, and then you decide to cut Alfred. You have to pay the whole year, and that's why
3: I mean, love Alfred to death. But that's why I'm guarded about him making the team. Like he's got to, they got to really know that he's worth it because they guarantee his salary by putting him on the team.
5: And we don't know exactly what the contract was. Right, they they could say we're going to guarantee three or four game checks. You know, there there was there was a reason why Mm. he decided to sign here. We don't know all of them, but I mean, it was probably more than just. I'm going to play here. And I guess that's what I was pointing to is, at least for me,
2: I think there may be a little bit more than we know about why uh, or what the Cowboys told him. And and that's where it starts to beg the question, what kind of picture did they paint of the whole Zeke situation for Alfred that made him feel like this was a good place for him to come and sign? Again, we don't know any of that, but – Uh, It is a little curious why he made the decision, Dallas. I think there's some reasons why, but it's still a little bit curious. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about practice yesterday. It was the first padded practice for the Cowboys. Uh, We want to find out from these guys what their observations were. We've got a few observations that were pretty interesting, some interesting things to see out there yesterday. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: Back to the break. You're like me, and you love.
2: I mean, if you have a
0: get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVnow.com. DirecTV now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, renews monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 and less canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply.
1: You want the most interesting up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right. News and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk extra and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today.
0: While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit slash football.
2: Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of the break live from California. It's day four of Cowboys training camp, or actually practice number four of the Cowboys training camp. Uh, today they have a morning practice. The, the crowd's already assembling. Uh, we started to see people f- uh, filter on to the field. That practice will start at 1045 a.m. Pacific time. We'll have lots of coverage. And if you haven't been able to check it out from yesterday, we did start up our training camp live segment, the videos uh, that we do live during training camp practice. Dave Hellman was on it with Brian Broaddus. Good segment. Make sure you check that out, and make sure you continue to check it out throughout training camp. All right, let's get into some observations. Nick, I'll start with you. Talk me through some of the things that you noticed yesterday as you're watching practice, first day in, in pads.
5: You know, I, I thought it was really interesting to see what Robert Quinn was going to be able to bring uh, to, the, to the pass rush. And, and, and you know, he's, uh, he's going to have some better – he's going to have some easier challenges than that. But if there was any question about Tyron Smith, I think he's going to be just fine. Um, mm-hmm. Robert Quinn – might be a really good pro, but right now, it was hard to see it on that first day because he was like any other player trying to get past Tyron Smith. Yeah. It's I, not happening. I couldn't, un- couldn't stay on his feet.
2: I honestly believe, like, there's two things for for, for Robert Quinn. There's good news, there's bad news. The bad news, right. you got to see this guy every day during practice or in training camp. The good news, you're probably not going to see a guy better than him on Sundays throughout the entire season. So. Take it as a learning opportunity, but it's going to be tough out here during
5: training. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it more on Tyron, and we've noticed this this all off season. He just looks as good as he's ever looked, I think, mm-hmm. physically. He just looks – And he's all, he's never not looked that good, but you can just tell. He, he seems healthy, and he looks the part, and he looks like a badass. Yeah. He, and he played like one yesterday. He hey. said
3: yesterday this is as good as he's felt in a couple of years. Now, so. that
5: thing – that he's got on his Yeah, head.
3: he looks like a, a cyborg, honestly. Exactly like he do, he, he doesn't thinking. look like a human being when he's all padded up like that. Yeah. It's 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 frightening, which is, but he's like the least frightening guy, like personally. But yeah, yeah. That's, but gonna, go ahead.
4: I was just gonna say, to be fair to Robert Quinn, every time he went back against him, he got a tiny little bit better. You're a little better. He, I mean, he was still on the ground, but he got better every time.
5: You're right. The fourth time, the first Kinda two, would. the first two, he just he he well he got up just like yeah, grass on his face. But Third one got a little bit. The fourth one had he had to have moved back. Yeah. Like, Dak would have had to move up into the pocket or whatever because he was kind of – so, yeah, getting better.
2: Yeah, and by the end of camp, my suspicion is that he's going to be winning some. Like, he won't win every time, yeah. but he's going to win some because that's also the nature of it. We've seen that with other guys when you have to uh, that kind of matchup. We saw it with DeMarcus wearing Tyron when Tyron was a rookie mm-hmm. and DeMarcus was just killing him. By the end of camp, Tyron's holding his own a little right, bit, right? right? So you get better as time goes on. And you kind of get to know what they like to do and where what areas they are a little bit deficient in, and you try to exploit. And
5: Tyron players. said after practice, and he said, "We we will we work together a lot after practice. We're going to make each other better. So that that's a good part of it too."
3: Absolutely, uh, Dave. Throw a little credit to Connor Williams too. Been you know he's he's done amazing work in the off season. He's one of the award winners for best strength and conditioning and. Sure as hell looks like it's translating out there. They called him up in front of the team for compete period. Daniel Ross just sat down on him. Yeah. Just ah, just hack, power, strength, all that stuff we said he didn't have last year early, but it looks like he's got it, uh, so shout out to him. Uh, and then just watching what, what the offense kind of looked like, you know. Um, saw a lot of jet sweeps yesterday, a lot of wide receiver action, a lot of motion in the backfield. Saw Tony Pollard split out wide and just move all over the formation which you know we're at we're at ground level here and these guys are enormous so like it's hard to really see what it looks like without having that bird's eye view but i don't know there's a lot of people moving around back there and it's exciting i like watching it
4: well to those people that keep wondering how taco looks and how oh Tristan no. Hill looks when, uh, you know, oh no. <laughs> to see yeah. what's going to happen this season. It's not good. No bueno. No bueno. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> embarrassing out there. Is but this, is Tristan this just Hill? <laughs>
5: You're going to just tell embarrassing on Tristan Hill? That was for Taco. That was okay. for Taco, Tristan yeah, for
4: Taco. Hill, obviously, he's new. He, he's getting adjusted to to everything that's going on here. He, he still lacks that strength that you would want him to have so yes there is room to grow but when you move and and start talking about taco a guy that is going into what third year here he does not look good and him going up against lyle collins i mean you talk about lyle he yes he's a great offensive lineman but at the same time he makes errors he he's not the greatest o-line out there so he he handle him easy with one arm
3: i take video of every single snap at practice and like i don't have time to really look at it i mean I, I might watch it once to make sure it's good but like i don't have time to study it so i don't see everything i went back and looked at a rep taco going against lyell and he just got handled and like toward the end of his rush he's like ah screw this and it was like the most half-hearted you know the taco spin move but it was like 25% speed. He just looked, he just looked, honestly, defeated. you it couldn't tell that he, he's
4: supposed to be a veteran. You could not tell him that far apart from the what roof. I love.
3: Like, you take this personally, you know, you're like, damn it, Taco, come on.
2: <laughs> but you know, I actually noticed that a couple times. There were a couple rushes he had in the one on ones where it seemed like by the end of it, he was just so exasperated because he was just like, I I have nothing to give. Like, mm-hmm. I, have, I can't beat this guy at this point. And so he's kind of, it's almost like he just kind of gave up. You see some guys that are like those 100 mile an hour you know full-time motor type guys and they don't stop until the whistle blows that wasn't him on some of those one-on-one no. pass rush drills and so I don't know he's he's got this will be a long camp he's got yeah. some time but it's one he's got but he's got to jump in he's got he to start showing something he really does
3: Will has said this before so it's not new news but he said it again today where he's like you know Taco has to compete just like everybody else he's got to compete for a roster spot that's the whole point of this and I think he will but if he doesn't, the train will leave without him. Like we're, you know, this this thing it's ain't that time. this thing ain't slowing down for anybody. It's definitely so. that time.
5: Yeah. yeah, and they drafted two defensive ends. I mean, they drafted Jelks and uh, Joe Jackson, and you and know, got one in free agency, and got one in free agency. Who? Hyder. Hider. Hider, yeah. Sorry. Everybody <laughs> sleeps on <laughs> right. But everybody Hider, sleeps on Kerry Hyder. You know why? is a pretty decent of player. Covington, and yeah. I know he plays tackle, and I was just like, who are you referring? Hider to? wears
3: fifty-one, which is like the least sexy right. DN number. Right. Even like Quinn wears fifty-eight. That even kind of looks cool because the eight is like long. Von Miller wears it. Fifty. Yeah, that's true too. F- like fifty-one, you're just like, is he alive? Shouldn't tackle, you be over there a, yeah. at the tackling sled? Like, what are you yeah, doing here? Yeah. yeah. But he, I think he could be uh, – he's somebody to oh, watch. If,
5: if he gets to that hot boy status, he'll get in the nines. He yeah, good funny. point. Speaking of numbers, Alfred Morris is wearing 23. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I Char didn't – I okay. guess – Yeah, it just looks different. I mean, 46 is a big bulky number for him. I bet he looks slimmer. People are going to be like, you know, he looks slimmer. Only because he's wearing 23. <laughs> yeah. The number th- – It <laughs> not, is. Not I that he
2: was like – not that he's like fat or anything.
3: No, but But, 40 yeah, 46 six makes you look big. Yeah. Right
5: he'll be like, huh oh, it's pretty good.
2: I'd like to throw some uh, a couple names out on offense that I want to get your opinions on. Reggie Davis yesterday was a yep. guy that Adam popped out at me. He's a guy that can run, and he had a really phenomenal catch uh, down the sideline. I don't know if you guys saw it yes. running downfield. Talk a little about Reggie Davis, what you saw during, first of all, him coming to the team and what he brings to the team, but uh, what you saw during OTAs, mini camps, and then what you're seeing out here. from him.
4: Was that the one against Jordan?
2: I don't. I don't know
3: who remember who the cornerback yeah. was. Although Jordan did Jordan talked yesterday just about how much the insane amount of speed that's on this receiver core because yeah. Guyton and Vay, like that's why they're here. They run four three. Devin Smith was a was a freak at Ohio State before all the injuries. So there's a and Reggie Davis too. Um, there's a lot of speed on this receiver core. And uh, actually, what stood out it was a great catch. It was a go route. He high pointed it. He needed one hand to hold on to it while he got tackled, but what was even more impressive to me was the one he made. Uh, he ran a skinny post, and, and it wasn't a spectacular catch, but the reason why it stood out was because it was with the first team, mm. uh, which I don't know if that was an in-practice decision or what, but I was like, okay, Reggie Davis is getting some run with the ones, and he looked good doing it. Um, he's, he does not look like he does not have an NFL build. He's skinny. He's five, probably 5'10", five, 5'11", five, yeah. maybe. Um, but he can run, and, and to answer your question, what he did during OTAs, that, like, yeah. once a day, you're like, holy crap, well, who caught the? Oh, Reggie Davis with the nice catch. Yeah. So, yeah, something to watch.
5: I've said this statement for 15 years, but it's true, and it's really true this year. These guys are here because they can run and they can catch, and they're going to turn some heads and talk, get talked about because they, what they, they can catch. The guy that's going to take that leap is the one that makes the best tackle. And that's, that's always what happens with those receivers. The guy that comes out in that first game and goes down and blows somebody up at the punt return, it, it could be Guyton. And you're like, you know what? He could play special teams. That's what happened. The Sam Hurd, that's what those guys can do. And they're gonna Now, unless you're Reggie Davis that continues to make these plays with the first team, now you get, jump into this category like, I can help as a receiver. But if they're going to try to figure out the best guys in this group down here, the special teams contributor is going to rise to the front.
3: Pretty fun moment. To, speaking of just high-end speed, um John vay Johnson had a long touchdown, and, like, it wasn't even hard. That's how many yards behind Chris Westry he was. I mean, yeah. it was – he burned him. And <laughs> Chris Richard, after it was over, like, he pointed at Westry and pointed at the sideline. He was like, uh-uh. I'm like, that's <laughs> – no, sir. Yeah. You're going to have to watch a rep or two after that one. <laughs> so, th- these guys have some speed.
5: That's a, th- That guy's – it's gonna be an uphill battle for him. How, yeah.
2: how does that affect a guy like Tavon Austin, who his calling card is speed? But you look at those Tavon young guys, had
3: a long catch yesterday
2: too. I, I know that, but yeah. my, my point is, why you last year? The reason why I thought Tavon was important to this team is because he added an element of speed that maybe they didn't have from a lot of guys. You're talking about the fact that there's a ton of guys right now that are young that also have that kind of speed. Does how does that affect Tavon now not being the well. only guy with that kind of? Blazing, well, blazing t- speed.
5: Tavon had a punt return as well, and I think if he continues to run the way he did on that one punt return, it, I mean, it, there's there's different kinds of speed. We've seen guys that can, that are clocked uh, that can run a Randall Williams or somebody like that. Right. But but Terry Glenn had aggressive speed, a speed that on the field, and ta- and Tavon has that kind of speed. So all these other guys, Devin Smith on and John Bay, yeah, they've proven they can run well. But can they run well? in the middle of crowd and do those kind of things that Tavon has proven to do in his career needs to do on a consistent basis for this team, though. It's
3: yeah, not- to, well, real to elaborate, I was talking about the motions and all that stuff. We saw Cedric Wilson. We saw John Vey. Uh, Tavon did some things. Like, there are a lot of guys with speed. And so, you know, even we joked yesterday, like, Jordan Lewis had to do a lot of that stuff when Tavon got hurt last year. Like, I don't think that's the case. And hopefully, Kellen Moore will be more willing to use guys like that. So – it's you know I think Tavon probably makes this team but you can't say that with any
2: certainty cuz I do yeah. think there are a few guys on this team that can kind of replicate what he does. It's just amazing to me as we talk about all these different positions each day just how much depth the Cowboys have this year that that just didn't seem to be there in in this amount Last year, and again, this is all very early on. We will find out a lot more. You got to see that. Tr- like I've right. made that mistake before,
3: where I'm like, "There's so many great guys out here when they're practicing against each other." You got to see that translate
2: to preseason games too. But even just looking at, and the reason why I said it, like I said it, is because you know we've seen teams where you'll have these. You may have one guy like a Amari Cooper and then all the rest of the guys are the guys like Guy Eaton that you're trying to see something from. Like you've got three guys that you already know day one are playing and they're going to play well, right? And then you get to these guys that's like, this guy has a little talent, this guy has some speed. It's just we talk about the offensive line. It's the same thing. You already have your starters, but then you get beyond that and you're like, oh, my God, these other guys can actually play. I just think right now you look at the depth overall, Cowboys are looking really, really good from a depth standpoint where I don't think they've always looked that way over the last several years, even when they've had – pretty talented teams let's take our our final break when we come back uh, we're going to get into the tight end position a little bit that might be an area that's a little different depth might be a little bit less at that position we'll get these guys opinions we'll talk about that when we come right back this is DallasCowboys.com radio
0: while a player can look good on paper it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of that's why the cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team
1: Back to the break. Welcome back to the final
2: segment of the break, live from Oxnard, California. The players are starting to take the field out here uh, for the morning practice. It is the only practice of the day. They'll have a walk-through this afternoon, and then tomorrow will be a day off for them uh, so they can uh, kind of get their legs back under them after a couple days in pad
3: Sizzler day. Is that what it is? First off day of training camp.
2: All right. You're welcome to come. Thank you. Yeah. I never get the invite. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. The boss never gets the invite. No problem. So I appreciate that. All right, let's talk about the tight end position. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you about wouldn't about <laughs> like it anyway. Really? Okay. Good. Let's talk about the yeah. tight end position. Okay. Um, I, I, I guess let's start. I want to start by giving you you guys an opportunity just to give me kind of your general observations of the tight end position because it is, uh, as, I, as I mentioned a little earlier, there are a lot of positions where you look at the depth and you're like, man, they got a lot of talent here. I think the tight end position is one of the positions where there are probably just as many questions as answers. Uh, so g- get, just give me your overall view of kind of where the Cowboys sit here heading into training camp uh, at the tight end position. Nick, let's start with you.
5: They have a Hall of Fame tight end that they need, they need to figure out if he's still a Hall of Famer. And if he's not, then is Blake Jarwin better? Is Jason Witten the same guy that he used to be? And if not, how is he, is he still better than Jarwin to, to get off the field at times? I mean, that that's really what it comes down to is that can they both play? Because before it was just one guy playing. Now is it to the point where they both need to kind of be out there. But uh, everybody has something to prove. Everybody in that group. Schultz, can you, be, can you be a factor? Rico, can you do stuff? I mean, can you be a blocker now? Rico, are you better than Witten? Witten, do you still have it? They all have questions.
4: I think he still does.
5: Yeah. I think he, I,
4: he still has it. I, I feel that right now. And, and I was hesitant of him coming back. I, I was like, okay, uh, how is it going to come yeah. down to, you know, he, when he was here to me, he seemed like his game was getting slower. He just seemed a little slower and not as fast. Not that he was ever super fast, but you know what I mean? Now what I've seen from him to me, he looks better than what he looked like two years ago. Really? I feel like when he moves around, again, we haven't seen a whole ton yet, but him moving around the field and running around, catching the ball, I feel that his mobility, he just looks better than two years ago.
3: He's got more pep in his step, to be sure. And that makes sense when you think about it. I mean, he took a year off from getting in that stance 60 times a day and Mm -hmm. getting – beat to hell every Sunday and all that
2: guys leaning on it yeah Yeah.
3: and if I had to guess he probably still took really good care of himself even when he was a broadcaster you know I don't know if he's on Tom Brady's level but he definitely you know I think uh somebody did a behind the scenes thing on kind of his routine like you know hours of stretching and a massage every day and you know it's not just like hashtag blessed like you got to (laughs) put hours in into it to still function that well at that age after this many years of taking that kind of beating and I think a year off might have been good for his overall legs. It'll be interesting to see how that holds up, you know. Yeah. Um, I just look at it, and I just, you know, no offense to Witt, it's like a holding pattern, you know. Uh, Jason Garrett's in a contract year. Jason Witten wanted to come back. I think they worked well for each other. Like, hey, you can help me. I can help you. Let's go try to accomplish this thing together. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll worry about the future of the position later. Um, I I did, I'm, did not know Blake Jarwin had the athleticism to jump over an entire jugs machine that was on top of a golf cart. Mm-hmm. Uh, By the way, they just kind of popped up for him because he
2: was yeah. running full speed, caught a pass, and then looked up, and there's a jug machine. He's got to so, negotiate that. You know,
3: right? you don't – unless it's like Jimmy Graham, who we all know used to play basketball. Like, you don't think of tight ends as being, like, super freak guys like that. But that was impressive, so – I'm interested to see where Jarwin is. Maybe he really can push for playing time, like significant playing time. I'm not, I'm not ready to say that yet just because I know who Witten is and what he's about. Um, so I'm, I'm still kind of
2: waiting to see. Do you guys think there's a chance that he could possibly – I don't think he'll be the starter because I think that they value making the veteran the guy that runs out of the tunnel as the, the starter. But do you think there's an opportunity for Blake Jarwin here – being the more athletic of the two and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn by saying that for him to be the primary tight end at some point throughout the season
3: I don't think he'll ever be like the primary primary tight end but even just in the four days we've been here we know this team's not afraid to use 12 personnel hopefully they're afraid to use 13 personnel but maybe not why because it never works It never works. Maybe it'll work now that they have another tight end who can do it, but, like, every time they do 13 personnel, it's like, okay, this is going to be a run for, like, a yard. Every time. Every single time. Anyway, every time they call 12, it's always Blake. Like, it certainly seems so far that there is a clear two, and then Schultz and Rico are significantly behind Witten and Jarwin. So, I think maybe he can get significant snaps in multiple tight end sets and stuff like that and have a real role, but – I'd be surprised if he's ever the guy in every formation.
5: What I I think you might see is when they get down by the goal line, I think he might be a better option um, because of his his athleticism. He might be a better option down there because Witten is probably a better blocker. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that yet. I know he's been a pretty good blocker, but, you know, uh, Jarwin, that's an area that all young tight ends have to get better at. So it might be a situation where, Witten plays more, and he has one touchdown, and Whitt and uh, Jarwin has four or five because he's getting a little bit more opportunities down there. He's maybe more of a jump ball type of guy than, you know, than Witten.
2: What do you think that Schultz had to get better coming out of his rookie year? What do you think that was the area he had to get? He had to improve in most in order to be a viable tight end for this team. Strength, si- strength yeah, bulk and strength. Do, and you, do you see any of that?
3: I, I haven't seen enough. I mean, one padded practice, and I honestly don't remember even watching him yesterday. So. And I was
2: talking more about just his physical appearance because I know for Connor, we saw him, the first time we saw him coming out of the off-season yeah. program, we were like, oh, wow, he's put on yeah. weight, he's bulked up, he looks the part at this point.
3: I'll get back to you. Okay. I'll You know, that's on my brain now. I'll take a look at him.
4: Well, aside from physical stuff, I think he still needs to get better at his reaction and his instincts, mm-hmm. just reacting a lot faster than what he he does right now and we'll see second year coming in but last year i I didn't feel that he had that quite yet and that's okay because he was a rookie but it takes time to to learn how to react and how to move at a certain time
2: what do you guys do you guys think the cowboys will get anything out of the rico experiment experiment at this point Well, based on where we are and what you've seen at this point, first day of first (laughs) day of pads, he dropped a
3: slant that got intercepted. So um, that's not a great start. Uh, You know, same thing as Taco. It's early. But no, I I'm surprised it's still ongoing, to be honest with you. And I think I've said I think this is the year it ends
2: for two years. But I do think this is the year that it ends. So let's assume for a second that that Rico does not make this team. Do you think that? Cowboys, knowing how much they like to use 12, 13 personnel, that they'll have to go to the well and maybe bring in a fourth tight end, uh, or do you think they're, well, that person's already on the team?
5: It's a unique situation. I, I think what happens in this case is I think Witten, uh, Jarwin, and Schultz uh, make the team uh, to start the year, and Rico goes to suspended list for one game. Oh, I forgot um, about that. That's then true. Then in week two, then they have a decision to make, mm-hmm. and knock on wood, but I mean, somebody gets banged up in week one, you know, like let's say a couple, two or three weeks, you know, that Rico's the guy, well, you, he comes right in. And then if not, if you decide, well, we don't have space for him, let's cut him, you know, it's it's at that point in the season where maybe the other teams aren't going to say, well, let's let's take a shot on this guy. You know, maybe they will, maybe they don't. Maybe he's back on the practice squad if he's got eligibility for it. I'm not even sure. But if, sure.
4: if everyone's healthy, okay, yeah. are you wanting to keep four tight ends on the roster? It,
5: I it, It's all about him to me it's all about Rico is Rico doing anything that makes you think I just not ready to let go it's not a a, not a fourth tight end it's a is it nine linemen is it six linebackers it's whatever you know is is it another quarterback you know I I don't know and that's what's happened before he's he's been on this team because of other positions but he's one practice he's not you know to answer to
3: answer your question well he did too but i do I want four tight ends? Not really, but I think they probably do. That, and I always frame my answers in regard to that. Knowing how much they like
2: mm-hmm. thirteen personnel, as you, you mentioned
3: n- before, you don't necessarily like, but
2: they love it seemingly. They like to do and boring so stuff, so that's part of it. I don't yeah. know. And and you think if they if they're going to do that, they may want to have four tight ends. Yeah. It,
5: but if you know, Will McClay said it about Taco Charlton, the first round pick. He said, you know, the the train will be leaving, and you're you know, if you better be on it. If that's the case with Taco Charlton, that's got to be the case with Rico Gathers. All
2: right. All right, guys, we appreciate you joining us. Practice will be starting here in about a couple minutes here. They're, they got everybody assembled. Players are on the field. Uh, we got fans out here. If you're in the area, make sure you come check it out. Uh, it's an opportunity to be able to see the Cowboys up close and personal. Till tomorrow, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hillman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio.